Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in session. How do we know we need to grow? When we're healthy, we're growing. When we're not healthy, we're not growing. Did you know that even when you, quote-unquote, stop growing, you're still growing? Did you know that? My wife in, is in school. She's uh, uh, studying to be a nurse. And um, there's a lot of things that she's learning that I, it's way over my head. Uh, there's a lot of things that I hear and she's talking about. But one of the things I said is that we never stop growing. Now, as we grow, we find out that, you know what's interesting, once you stop growing as adolescent, you grow, things grow like your nose and your ears. Those things just get bigger. I always was confused. My ears get bigger, but I can't hear as well as I, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, we always grow. And so things are always growing. And so it's important that we grow. And if we saw a baby today, and we looked at that baby, and we're like, ooh, ah, oh, and you're like, oh, how old is that baby? Oh, that baby is 16 years old. What? It's still in diapers. It, it still has a pacifier. We would look at that baby at 16 and say, there is a problem. Right? Would you agree with me? Okay. So in that same way, I want us to imagine ourselves as a baby Christian. And imagine the fact that what if we find ourselves, in being a believer, confessed Lord Jesus Christ, invited him into our hearts, and still are changing our diapers, so to speak. It would be weird. It would be wrong. And so we understand that God wants us to grow. So say that with me. God wants me to grow. Amen. Me too. Everybody at John yet? John chapter 3. I'm going to read this for you very quickly. John chapter 3, verse 16, you know very well, but we're going to start here. Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a, uh, a teacher of the law. He was a Pharisee. Named Nicodemus, he was at verse 1, he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, verse 3, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Well, this was a puzzling uh, discussion, and Nicodemus says, surely how, how can we be born again? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, verse 5, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and born of spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. He goes on to say, he, goes, he keeps going through it, and he goes on in verse 16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have 
eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Here's the truth. When we are born again, we have an opportunity. When we're born again, we need to begin to grow. We're a new creation in Christ. And we need to exercise in that. If we're not exercising in the things of God, we are not maturing. And if we're not maturing, the Bible says we will be tossed to and fro. In other words, all of the things of the patterns of this world will, will just totally throw us off. And God doesn't want us to be that way. In fact, God says, I'm stable, so you should be stable. You should be uh, plant your, on, on the solid rock that is Christ. There's solidness, there's standing opportunities in Christ. But it takes a growth time. It takes something for us to do. Somebody say amen. All right. So here's some prescriptions to growth. Now, the interesting about a prescription, uh, I don't know if you take prescription, you ever had taken a prescription, but one thing is true. If you, take a, if you have a prescription that the doctor gives you and all you do is carry it around in your pocket and you never receive it, it won't do what it's supposed to do. Right? I could carry around this prescription. Man, this prescription, man, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And if I don't receive it, it won't change anything. Now, I know this is a very natural uh, uh, illustration for a very major spiritual thing. But the idea is that we must partake of this. and We must uh, enjoy this. Now, this is never one of those kinds of sermons that everyone's like, Woo! Yay! But it's awesome to know that we can grow beyond where we are right now. So I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk. I don't know where you are, but I, I would imagine that if you're living this life, you would face some challenges, some persecutions, some hardships, and some difficulties. If anyone in here has ever faced any one of those things, can you raise your hand? All right. So I'm in good company. I want to know how to, what to do to continue to fulfill. We know that Jesus says that we're going to have persecutions and challenges. That being a believer, come on, believing a believer doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems. It just means that the problem solver is going to walk with us. Amen? And so understand that we understand this, but now we, wanna, we want to go from just being spoon-fed. We want to grow to that we might be able to grow in him, and we might be able to build in him, and we might be able to do more for him. And so I want us to turn to Second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at a couple scriptures that I believe is kind of the prescription for growth for us as believers. Second Peter chapter 1. We'll look at the first chapter. We'll start in verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant of the apostle of Jesus Christ, to those to whom through the righteousness of our God, our Savior Christ Jesus, had received a faith as precious as ours. We'll move down to, to verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life. So here we are. Here's a prescription. The, his divine power has given us everything for life. So everything that God is, is given us this prescription that we need for life and goodness and godliness, rather, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse four, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate. Come on, here we go. So that we might participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Okay, verse 5. We're not done here. we got to keep reading. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness, 
knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, uh, good godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities, hold on, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to notice something. Remember uh, remember that the fruits of the Spirit are given to us when we receive salvation. They're deposited on the inside of us. So I want you to understand that what, what Peter's saying here is not we're not trying to obtain these things. We have these things. But you'll notice what he says. He says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, there is an opportunity to build or to grow or to increase in that measure. The measure, it's already implied that we already have. Are you seeing that? Just nod your head. Yes, that's up and down. You have these things. But God has called us to work these things out, to, to work them out. How many of you, just, just everyone looking up at me, how many of you have muscles? All right. That should be all of you. You all have muscles. If it weren't, you guys would all have your heads down because you wouldn't be able to lift your head because you're muscles. Some of you are bobbing, but that's a whole other thing. But we all have muscles. Say, I have muscles. Okay, in that same way, you all have been given the fruits of the Spirit. You've all been given these ingredients of God in your life. So what I'm saying is that we don't grow. I don't. You know, when you when you when you are a person, you have all the muscles you're going to have. Now your muscles could get bigger, depending on where you concentrate on. You can either have table muscle get really big, or you can be like Arnold, or The Rock, or who else ever? I don't know. All these beefy. And the difference is they have paid attention to growing on purpose. And they've exercised. And they've done some things. And so what am I saying? I know. I've, had, I've counseled and I've even cried out to myself, God, help me get through this. Help me do this. And he's very gently said, I wish you would help yourself by just doing what I called you to do and exercising your faith. He says, lift your eyes. You see, there's an there's a effort on my part. Now, it's only because of Christ that we can come to him. But once we have Christ, we need to work that salvation out. Amen? And we can't give blame if we're not willing to do the work. Say amen, just so I know you love me. This is what the Lord's been dealing with me, and I hope that he, he, he shares with you something fantastic But in in verse 5, I want to read verse 5 again. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So the first building block, we're looking at prescription of of this thing. We're trying to to, to set it up. The first foundation is we have to have faith. That's the very first thing. Now, faith is not faith. What is faith? Now, the foundation of our relationship in Jesus begins with faith. We believe that God is, that Jesus is the Son of God. That's faith. That we have believed, we believe in faith that God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. 
Those are foundational truths that we faith. Faith means devotion. It means assurance. It means belief. We have to believe that Jesus died for our sins, rose again from the grave. We have to believe in faith because none of us were there. Pastors, were you there? Not quite there. That was a joke. Not a good one, but it was a joke. None of us were there, so we have to have faith in this thing. We have to believe not only did he die, but he rose again. Right? It takes faith. And in order, and so this is the starting place. We have to receive Christ as, as our Lord and Savior. We have to believe in him. If we want to grow beyond anything, we need first to invite him. Amen? So bow your heads. We don't have to have the lights just the right way. We don't have to have the music just playing the right way. The only way in, in God, how God says we receive him is if we believe in our heart and confess our mouth that he is Lord, that he will come. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, anyone that doesn't know Jesus, has not received Christ, has not received the faith, that they would do that now. Father, I thank you. Your word says when we confess with our mouth, we're saying, what you're saying is that when we say, yes, we want you, we're making an act confession to say we need you, God. We believe in our heart that you are God. I pray that now in Jesus' name. So pray this with me. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus for my sin. I was a sinner. I needed a Savior. And you sent Jesus. Jesus, thank you for becoming sin for me so that I might be free. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Bible says when you confess and you believe, you are a new creation in Christ. It doesn't say we need to have the, the music just playing right and Pastor's awesome voice or, or Miss Deb playing or the drums beating. It just says if we receive him, we can receive him right now. And so know that if you received him, know that in the moment that you did, he came into your life. He's, re, he's changing. He's making you a new creation. All the old all of the junk, gone. New has come. Amen? So this is the faith in which we do everything. If it weren't for that, there would be no prescription for growth. There would be nothing to grow because there would be nothing in us. But God is in us through Christ Jesus. Amen? And so we can see that we have to have faith in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 says, By grace God has given me, I lay a foundation as an expert builder. Someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now this is important information, because if, if, if this is what it's saying, going to church is not your foundation for your, for your relationship with God. Giving a tithe is not the foundation. Being a good person is not the foundation. I could, we could name all kinds of things. The foundation is this. It's only in Christ Jesus. And why is that important? Because everything else will fail you, but Jesus will never. And so you build on that rock, on that promise first, then all of the others will stay Strong. So that's the most important aspect. With any building, the most important aspect starts with the, the foundation. 
the foundation is strong, it can build from that. If it's, if it's cracked, the foundation is cracked or it's unstable, well, then all things become unstable. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us this. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, it says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we have to have faith, and the faith is that he exists. God is God all of the time. He's good. He exists, and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Two promises there, two things we need. to. So if you're like, man, I'm, I'm missing it. Well, I believe in God. So did the devil. So did the demons, right? But, but, but do we also believe that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly or diligently seek the Father? For purpose. And so here we are. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't mean that He doesn't love you. It just means that the pleasing idea that we're going to come to Him and He's going to reward us. That pleases Him. So faith. Faith is the first building block. The second building block we'll see in Scripture, some translations call it virtue, but it's goodness. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness or virtue. It means to walk in excellent and moral character. So at this point in, 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 in our spiritual journey, it's time to establish morals and values and characters, uh, character. And I will tell you this, the character and the moral and the value is based not on what's good ideas or passionate, uh, 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 passionate statements. It's only supported and it's only built through the Word of God. There's a lot of great ideas. There's a lot of uh, really wise words that are spoken, but if they're not Scripture, they're like sand. And they'll sift, and they'll, and they'll, they'll falter. So build your, your goodness and your virtue on God's Word. So we need to display our faith and love for Jesus by living pleasing to Him. Do, do you know that you are called a son of God? You're sons and daughters of God. Now, that can be, some, so, oh man, that's what the Bible says. He says that he, we're, we're, we can call him Abba Father, Daddy, because we're his son and his daughter, right? And so understand that we, we, as we're doing that, I'm going to live as a son and daughter when there's a certain expectation. Now, it's not because it, of any other reason, but because we want to honor the Father. Got really quiet in there. So if we look at the baby... As our description, the first really showing maturity, one of the times when, when moms and dads celebrate the most is when they get out of diapers, right? It's when they get out of the, they begin to figure out a way that they can get rid of this filth, that they don't have to sit in the filth, but there's a way better, a, a different opportunity. And that is, well, we already, my wife brought it up, toilet paper. It's like, what kind of church is this? We talk about this stuff. But it shows maturity when we begin to use the toilet, the commode, instead of using the diaper. Do you understand what I mean? It gets out. And so we can, we can let go of these. So what are we saying? So we're letting go of these habits and these things, this, this sin stuff that's trying to hold us. We can get rid of all the distractions. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 reminds us, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is where the Holy Spirit hangs out, resides. It's in you, and your spirit is where the Holy Spirit resides. 
Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom have you have received from God? And then it says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Amen? So remind yourself that you're not your own. This is God's body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you remind yourself, you exercise in this thought and idea and, and, and renew your mind to it, then you'll understand that when you are tempted to do something outside of the, the character of who God is, then you'll say, no, 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 no. God wouldn't do that. I'm not going to do that. Can I get an amen? All right, the next third one here is knowledge. For this one, we need to turn to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. If you're asleep, say amen. Oh, there's 14 people asleep. <laughs> I used to have a Bible teacher that would do that. She'd say, if you're asleep, say amen. And if I was asleep, I'd say amen. She'd write my name on the board. Thank you. You'll stay after class later. 1 Kings chapter 3. Um, I'm going to start this story. I'll just tell you, this story is, a, is Solomon. And Solomon has just become, uh, come into the kingdom. Uh, he's become king. He's David's son, Solomon. He comes into the kingdom and in, in verse 7 it says, Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in a place of my father David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is, is your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. Verse nine. This is first first Kings chapter three. Verse nine. So God so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Verse 11, so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you wise and discerning heart so that there will be, never be anyone, anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I'll give you what you have not for not asked for both riches and honor I'll give to you so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. The building block we need to understand here in this next one is knowledge. In this scripture it says discernment, wisdom. We need to ask for wisdom. We need to, to ask. The Bible clearly says that we can ask for his wisdom. And we need wisdom in our growth. If, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna put my faith, I'm gonna put faith in God. I'm gonna say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. You are God. You are faith. Now I'm gonna, I'm going to, to have goodness prevail in me. I'm gonna let. Now I need wisdom to know what to do with these things. I need the wisdom to carry them out. Proverbs chapter one verse seven says, "Tell us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." 
but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So here's some areas of knowledge that we can grow in. Now understand that knowledge has to do with spiritual understanding, not in book smarts. I'm not saying we don't study. Just saying that God is, has a different... He says, I want you to be knowledgeable in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We need to be knowledgeable and we need to build our knowledge of who God is. So that when the enemy comes, and he'll come, and he comes to lie, to steal, to cheat, to kill... When he comes to these times, we'll know when he begins to speak, when the enemy begins to speak, we'll know that's not God because I know God. And God never says this. He doesn't do this. He doesn't, he doesn't put this, 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 and this. My God's a good God. You understand? If we know that we know that we know him, if we know then when the enemy tries to bring the counterfeit and the lie, we can re- recognize it right away. But we only can do that is if we spend time with the Father. We can't even gain knowledge just by listening to other people. We need to get personal. We have to have that personal relationship. So areas that we need to grow is Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to grow in, in the Word of God. We need to understand the Word of God. We need to understand, I'll say this too, we need to understand our enemy. We need to get knowledge and understanding of the enemy. We know the Bible tells us there's an enemy out there roaming around. Now we don't have to fear him, but we should know his plan, his battle plan. And through scripture we see he's the same, he brings up the same lies over and over again. Package them a little different maybe. But to understand this is a lie. This is how he works. So we understand there's an enemy. Don't put yourself blind to the fact that there is an opposing force that's trying to still kill and destroy. Again, we don't have to fear it. But we acknowledge it and say, devil, shut your mouth and get behind me. We have that right, and so we understand our enemy. So, so we understand this. Uh, Hosea uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people were destroyed for lack of knowledge. For lack of understanding of who they are. I don't know how many of you have, have dealt with people or got to pray with people, and, and, and their, their, their whole problem was they just didn't believe they were who God said they were. Their identity had been stripped from. They began to, to grab the identity based on what others said about them. That's a lie from the enemy. And people destroy, are destroyed by that. So we understand that we must gain knowledge. We can't just sit and say, okay, I'm a Christian now. We've got to build this house, this tent. We've got to exercise in that. And so we have a responsibility. Say, I have a responsibility to grow in my knowledge of who God is, who I am in God, who my enemy is, and the tactics that he tries to attack me with. Right? If any time anyone goes to war, they don't just run out there, they study their enemy before they go to war. 
they decide and they decide what what's going to best be the way to combat them. Do you understand? Just so we know, we understand we are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. But we're fighting and God is fighting and the enemy is trying to steal our souls. Understand that we need to have the knowledge and understanding. Now, this is the other thing I'll remind you of. This is just a little tidbit. I'm going to give you a little knowledge and you can look for yourself that you in Christ are higher than the enemy. That the enemy has already been defeated. He said you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He says I'm holy so be holy. He wouldn't tell you to be holy if you couldn't be holy. And we're only holy because of Christ making us right. Amen? So I understand, but that all comes by knowledge. If you don't know that, how are you going to fight the enemy? If you don't have these truths understood that, that, that the enemy's coming, he's trying to steal, he's trying to, because he will always be persuasive. But it doesn't mean it's truth. We have to have the, the knowledge of God. Somebody say amen. All right, the fourth one we'll talk about today, fourth building block, is self-control. Oh, man. I hate this one. <laughs> I'm always kind of amused when... Uh, I, uh, it, it seemed especially when I was uh, a youth leader. I'd be hanging out with one of the teenagers or one of the teenagers' parents. And, uh, you know, you're like, why, why, what, what's going on, what happened? And have you ever heard this saying, oh, the devil made me do it? I don't know, the devil made me do it. There's so much I could say about that. I'm trying to be, keep Jesus in it. James chapter 1, verse 14, I'll just say this. It says this, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away from their own, by their own evil desires and enticed. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away from their, by, their own, by, their own, by their own evil desires. And enticed. The devil doesn't make us do it. You know why? The devil doesn't have control over your life. God doesn't have control of your life. He's given us that gift called free will. He's equipped us. He's He's made a way for us. He's given us all of the tools. He hasn't just given us a good luck. He's given us the tools. He's given us the opportunity. He's given us the truth. And if we gain in our knowledge, we would know that. But the devil didn't make us do it. It was our own evil desires. It was us this, this disconnecting ourselves, connecting ourselves to the world. So what does self-control mean? 1 Corinthians 
9, 24 and 27. I'm just going to... Uh, I'm going to read a message translation for you. It's a good read. Read this this week. I'm just, for sake of time, going to go right to the message translation. It says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs. One wins. I like this next statement. Run to win. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades you're, you're after that one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm standing alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everybody else about, about it and then missing, it out, missing out for myself. You see, we can't not let the enemy lie to us and say, oh, well, you can. we have been given free will. We can do it. God has given us and equipped us. We can have self-control. Say, I can have self-control. You know why I know you can have self-control? Because the Bible already says you have it. We already said that. The fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So it's been given to you. We're self-disciplined. We're self-motivated because of God in us. Paul said, he, he said, one version says, I beat my body and make it a slave. Sometimes we've got to beat ourselves, not, not in this, this destructive way, but saying, listen, anyone ever run a, ran a race before? Anyone, done a sport, anyone participated in a sport ever before? All right. You're doing the sport, you participate in it, and you're going, maybe you haven't done it for a long time, you're like, oh, uh, come on, we could do this, right? There's just this certain kind of fighting, and this is what Paul was saying. I'm, gonna, I'm not beating myself up like I'm a horrible person. I'm getting my flesh in line, saying you could do this. I'm building those muscles that God's given me. I'm strengthening in those things. What am I saying? No one can make you do anything. You have the ability. So establish your guidelines. Begin self-control. Don't be afraid of borders. I know this is opposite from what the world would preach or teach. But understand that there is there's truth in that we need direction. I needed to tell, remind my, my kids that it was not a good idea to play in the middle of the highway. They weren't going to know that by themselves. Because they didn't know the kind of danger that could, be, could happen. There was some training, there were some, uh, some things that had to be done, right? Don't, don't look at discipline as an opportunity just that just bring harm and hurt. Discipline is a great thing. It doesn't feel good all of the time. In the moment. But it does later. 
I've been learning this this journey as I've been trying to to get my body in a shape besides a pear. Trying to 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 keep myself trim and have discipline. It doesn't mean we don't eat. It just means we try to eat the right things or eat the right quantities of things. Have discipline. It doesn't mean we can't have enjoy anything. We can't participate in anything, and that's what the enemy says. Oh, I got this. I can't do anything. I can't, uh, uh. The enemy just wants you fat and slow and unhealthy. It's a lie from the enemy. Say it's a lie. I have self-control, and I'm exercising in it. In Jesus' name, Galatians chapter five says this, verse sixteen. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit of God. Live by the Word of God. Amen? Amen. All right, everyone's getting sleepy and mad. Stand up. I remember when I was growing up, uh, I remember that I really did not enjoy going to school. Not for the purpose of school, but what school is actually for to learn. I didn't enjoy that part. I didn't enjoy the, the structure of that. It wasn't my, that what I want to do. But you know, as I grew up and later in life and I wanted to become a, an adult and I wanted responsibility and I wanted a family and all these things, I look back and say, man, I'm so glad that I went to school and learned how to read and write. I'm so thankful that I learned how to speak. At the time, it was like, Ugh. but now I'm so thankful for that time of exercising. So what I'm trying to say is that right now, as, as God is sharing, He's reminding us to build up and to get strengthened and strengthen in, in, our, in our most holy faith and doing this. And understand, I know that it's going to be, it may be difficult, it may not feel great, it may not be satisfying in the moment, but I'm going to guarantee you when the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, you'll be able to rise up with your holy muscles of what you worked out and say, devil, I see you, I recognize you, and you're not going to drag me away like this. But I'm sorry, it doesn't come just by osmosis. It comes by working out our salvation. I'm not saying that we don't, we don't get, receive our salvation as a free gift. It is a free gift. It's finished. Now, all of the promises, God says yes and amen to. Let it be. But we have to open the box and we have to use them. We do. And it's good. It's fun. When we get those things, when we get the opportunity, it's like, wow, that's great. Now, the working up to it may not be fun, but if we think about the last step and not the moment step. And I think my wife said that last week. Sometimes we get so focused in on the right now, the moment, this moment right now. And the truth of the matter is, in our whole life, <clears throat> we have this much. 
And I think if I were to ask each one of us and anyone, let's say, if you wanted to have eternal life, you wanted to have a great life beyond you could even imagine, the Bible talks about heaven, how beautiful, how perfect, a place with no more pain, no more hurts, no more issues and challenges and and all of those things would be gone if you wanted that and he says if you could just in this moment in this time if you could just grow in your salvation just a moment you have good things in store if someone says hey i can do that understand we need to look eternally this is a small moment in time for eternity we need to build ourselves up in the most holy faith We need to use the equipment that God has given us. We can't blame God. God's paid it all. Jesus said, it is finished. He came, he lived, he died, and he rose again, and he sealed it with the Holy Spirit. Will we receive it? Will we obtain it? Will we work out our salvation? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you've equipped us to understand. You've given us brains. You've given us abilities. God, I pray that we would use them for your sake. I pray that we would all examine our lives to see where we might be able to grow better, more efficiently. God, I thank you that you meet us right where we are and we don't have to be perfect. But we do need to be willing to be perfected and that perfection comes in seeking you first. Diligently seeking you. Obeying your commands. Living a life that you called us to live. God, I thank you all of these things. As we do them. Glorify you. For you are pleased. When we obtain your promises. Father, I thank you today that we were here your words today. on the shelf like well that was I've been a Christian for 25 years I've heard this already God may we be reminded that years has nothing to do with maturity in the spiritual walk maturity only comes when we will work and exercise these things out pray that in Jesus name that we are a mature church that we grow in our understanding of who you are who we are in you God, that we grow and that we might share your good news, gospel with others. God, that we'll forgive quickly. That we'll obey quickly. That we'll love quickly. God, I pray these things. That we would take your words and we would realize that they are truth and they are life. Thank you, Father. We receive.
anybody remember our Hebrew word? Gadol? Ella. God is good. God is great. Amen? Amen. I just want to pray a blessing over you. Hey, thanks for coming today. God bless you. And what I know about this is that God's got a plan. It's good. It's perfect. It's pleasing. He's equipped you. He's called you. Jesus loves you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Dig into that truth. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. Amen. Father, in the name that's above every name, we thank you for your word and your promises. God, we thank you. You've called us and equipped us. Father, I thank you for every person here. I pray no, no evil shall befall, no plague will come neither dwelling. Father, that you would send your angels to take charge over them and keep them, protect them, all that they are and all that they do. Father, that we remember that we are, because of you and in you, we're the head and not the tail. That we're above and not beneath. That every enemy and every foe that tries to come against us must be squashed. Because the victory has already been won. Father, we thank you that you've called us more than conquerors. In other words, it's already been accomplished. May we live it, may we believe it, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for a great week. We love you and praise you, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap.
This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.